Welcome to the Big Interview Bite Size. I'm Graham Hunter and in each episode you'll hear an elite footballer tell a story that's guaranteed to brighten your day. All of them come from my podcast, The Big Interview with Graham Hunter, which you can find by searching on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. The tale today comes from a Manchester City hero, Uwe Rosler. Here, Uwe recalls a scary encounter with the Stasi, East Germany's secret police, whilst a youth player at FC Lokomotiv Leipzig in the 1980s. I was taken away when I was 11 from my parents, went into a, uh, to a place where you, where you live, sleep, learn and play football uh 24/7 uh, and uh, everything everything controlled everything managed uh, uh by the government my parents didn't need to pay any money whatsoever for this elite school there was an elite school and my parents and I by myself was really proud to be chosen to be on that school um in my district where I come from uh, hundreds of kilometers there was nobody ever achieved that so it was quite a statement quite a privilege but to keep that privilege, to stay there was from 11, 12, 13 years onwards pressure. Every year, two, three players had to leave. Two, three players had to come in. And um, so the whole system was run by by pressure from the top to perform, to perform, to perform. So when you coming then to the top, you did all my all my years, youth national teams uh, being successful, coming down into the first team, you can see your dreams now getting closer and closer to play for the first team in the highest level. And and then obviously then comes a phone call one day. I was supposed to just finish my school lesson and going for training. And then uh, the police officer said came to me and said, uh, somebody pick you up. I had no clue whatsoever what's coming. Um, outside the school, somebody came in, got me into a car, drove five, six, seven, ten minutes through Leipzig. Then we changed the car again into another car. Uh, then we drove another ten minutes, and then we drove in to an underground garage, lift up office, and two two guys were sitting there and interviewing me. Um, First, try to be quite friendly. Um, I thought something my dad had uh, was in a little village where I is him. Sometimes he had a, a good drink, so sometimes I was thinking he maybe <laughs> has said he maybe have said something. And oh my god, what's going on here? So now they were quite friendly, and then the longer the conversation went, everything headed in one direction. They wanted to get me on the list of spying on my teammates. Uh, the first team they threatened me to have my career in their hands when I'm not willing to cooperate. Uh, they, uh, for them, it's pretty easy to send me to an army for three years with no football and my career is basically finished. And uh, and then uh, you as a young player, all what you knew was playing football, sleeping, learning and playing football again. And then you're so close and then they put you under that pressure. Uh, there was a, a mental, unbelievable situation and... I was not allowed to speak about anyone. Um, I opened up to my parents and my dad gave me the, the the right and the only advice. He said, the only way you come out of this going to the head coach of the team where I just joined, uh, Hans-Ulrich Tomale. I went to him, I told him what happened. 
And after that, he solved all the problems for me and I never heard anything. I saw those people quite a bit to games. They were there. But I was very lucky to got off it with with having no consequence on my career. And uh, those moments, um, uh, I'll not wish anyone to experience because I didn't know how that would end up. At the time, you feel fear, not necessarily because of the men, but because of how hard you'd worked to be in an elite company and the career was there. And the fear of having something that you treasure taken away is one of the most horrible feelings for any human being, man or woman. So you felt fear at the time, but if you try to think about that scar and how it healed, did that do anything to you? Has it done anything for you retrospectively in life about coping, about managing pressure, about threats? It showed me that you have to, you have to share things to get over things. Uh, I definitely have learned that. Um, but you only, you only can share things with the right people. And I was very lucky to listen to my dad. And um, and I shared it with the right people, and they helped me. And I'm very thankful for the for my former head coach uh, Hans Ulrich Tomale and my dad uh, that they gave me that advice and they solved the problem for me because uh, it's so many players. And after the years after unification, uh, got quite public how many players were born exactly in the same situation like I was and didn't do what I did uh, and. Um, I felt uh, I was very, very fortunate and I'd never wanted to do anything to do with this. My only wish in my life at that time was to play football and, and, and develop to the best I can be. And uh, that was that was my only wish and God bless, I had the chance to fully fill that. One of the things when you told the story originally made me smile was this all had something to do with the Harley Davidson. And you mentioned a police officer, but nobody, well, most people listening... One, want to know what the police officer was and how this kind of, spy too strong a word, but observer was a threat to how you behave. I know I'm being very polite in my word there. was a threat to how everybody behaved because they were monitoring all the time. But it was part of your, the difficulty was partly because the suspicions raised because of you doing an easy rider on a Harley Davidson in Sweden, if I'm not mistaken, right? First and foremost, I have to say, every time we went abroad, um, already in with the youth national teams, uh, you knew there were people in around uh, the group, uh, either was the staff or other people who were traveling with you, who uh, had one job to control the group, that nothing happened, you know, because the government invested so much, so much time, money. Uh, education in those sports people. Uh, the last thing what they wanted is that they leave the country, you know. So we all knew that we always been observed. We sometimes joked about it, and uh, uh, but it comes uh, my first trip with the first team. So I joined the first team uh, in the summer, and then we went uh, trained two weeks home in in Leipzig, and then we went to a trip to uh, Sweden. So and. Coincidentally, I married later on a Scandinavian girl. So, because I just remember it like it was today when you went to Sweden, I've never seen a country with so many colorful houses, wooden, colorful houses, one red, one yellow, one blue, one white. And in the East, in Leipzig, everything was gray. So, I was amazed about the colors, and there was summer, and there was the flowers as well. And I was like, we. 
like Peter Pan in Wonderland. That's <laughs> what well, unbelievable. And so we had our training camp there, and then we got invited by the uh, by the local president of the team where we were guests, where we could train on uh, to a barbecue, and so we all joined them. And all those people behind was also there. It was a, a big gathering. And uh, the, to the bike, and at the time I, do, I had the bike home in the east. So and uh, and I showed some interest. I bought around the bike, and the other guys was eating and barbecue, and 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 I was thinking I was just around that bike. And uh, and the guy said, "Oh, you want to have a ride?" And I said, "Oh yeah, yeah, can I?" And he said, "Yeah, yeah, no problem, take it." So I <laughs> never thought about anything bad. Just went on the bike, rode the bike for ten minutes, came back, and that was the the biggest uproar you can you can imagine that people was thinking i left the country i disappeared so i just had to ride around the little village and came back uh and obviously then they was i don't know what they put in my in my papers what was stored in the in the ministerium so um but that was my first incident and i got a a big wake up call from the police officer what the hell i'm thinking of doing When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.